Welcome, folks, to, uh, to another exciting episode of Radio Free Bay Ridge coming at you live-ish from the uh, illustrious studio in beautiful Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. I'm Eric Shell. I'm Dan Hedix, and sitting over to our right is our uh, studio cat, Random. So if you hear any meowing throughout the episode, that's him. Welcome to part two of our economics run. Indeed, uh, two non-economically tilted individuals are coming at you yet again. <laughs> Talking about <laughs> economics. If Alan Holt's anywhere listening, man, come back from vacation. We you could, know, uh... he's in Oklahoma somewhere. He's not listening. But he's coming back. It's just... I doubt that greatly. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't come back to Bay Ridge after making a tour of the United States? Listen, at this point, the McMahons are carpetbaggers. <laughs> <laughs> How many days have they really spent in Bay Ridge, Dan? Boo! <laughs> now, remember, anyone can be here and have something important to say about why Bay Ridge is Bay Ridge. Look, it only took me two years to be a loyal Bay Ridge... Nativist. Nativist. <laughs> Uh, uh, interestingly enough, nativism touches a little bit on our episode today. We're going to be talking about the bid again, the business improvement district for Third Avenue. A little more specific this time. Exactly. L the last episode that we did on bids was earlier this year. I think uh, January the episode came out and that was the Fifth Avenue bid. And we were talking about what they do and what a bid is. So if you really want an in-depth discussion of what is a bid, a business improvement district, or is the Third Avenue bid... We're talking about a proposed bid. Yes. What is the process for getting one of these off the ground? Let's start out with some basic lay of the land type situation. Sure. Right now, Fifth Avenue, that's a business improvement district, runs from around 85th Street to 69th Street or so, and it organizes all of the merchants into one service area. So a bid can provide services for the area that it is assigned. The way that it's funded is every property owner, not merchant, but people who own the buildings, have a little fee on top of what they normally are charged for their property taxes, essentially. It's called an assessment. You'll see some of the people who are against it say it's flat up a tax. Basically, the city takes it and then gives it directly to the bid as an organization and doesn't skim anything off it. So it goes straight so there's into- no overhead. There's no overhead. The city doesn't do anything with that money. It gives it to the bid to run and the merchants and the property owners and the residents on the avenue have the right to be on a board of directors for that bid to determine what's done with that money. It's kind of like participatory budgeting in that way, hmm. where there's money that you get to decide what to do with that one million dollars through an electoral system. So the bid has methods for who gets to be on the board, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think our listeners might be most familiar with the current state of the proposed Third Avenue bid by the signs that have been popping up on Third Avenue. Exactly. There are say no to the bid or say yes to the bid. Very dual. Dual. Yeah, it's a very- Either you're for or against. For or against. What do those signs actually represent? Let's start with the pro Third Avenue bid people. What does that actually mean? Who is behind it? If you are pro Third Avenue bid, you're not just in favor of creating a bid. You're in favor of a specific kind of bid being created, which is basically run by all the people who used to run the Third Avenue merchants who were the existing organization that wasn't an official entity. It was this nonprofit charity type organization so that would be Bob Howe and a bunch of other people who had organized the summer strolls, who were responsible for Christmas lights and stuff on Third Avenue. So these are kind of the OG organizers of merchants on Third Avenue. And the thing with that is that they've been doing this for a long time and they kind of want to retire a bit. So we're going to be interviewing some of them later in the episode to get much fuller ideas to why they're doing this and why supporting a Third Avenue bid is really supporting their vision for what that bid should be. Because every bid is made differently. There are some that are bad in this city, and there are some that are good. By supporting this bid's formation, you're really supporting a specific vision of what this bid should be. Got it. So that leads us to... The negative. Who are these no Third Avenue bid people? Well, they are merchants. A lot of them are property owners. They're various people because from a very casual view, it's very hard to know who's behind 
the anti-Third Avenue bid movement. Hmm. And it's really run by one guy named Anthony. And I actually spoke with him just for background. I'm not going to go too much into who the guy really is. I want to talk about what is the vision for the anti side? What are you supporting? Because you're not just supporting no bid. You're supporting a couple of key arguments. So one is that property owners and the people paying into this bid are the ones we should be listening to the most about how Third Avenue should be run. Hmm. The people whose money is going to support this bid, those are the people who should have the final say as to whether this thing happens. Hmm. So if you support that kind of an argument that the funders are the only ones that matter in the decision-making process about a community like Third Avenue, then this is what you're wanting to support. You're also supporting what happens when this bid doesn't form. That's important. Just saying I'm against the bid doesn't mean the Merchants Association continues in the way that it exists. The people that want to make the Third Avenue bid are the people who currently run the Merchants Association. Hmm. They want to get out of this. You'll hear later on that Bob He wants to have a summer to himself for once because (laughs) he has to be the one that goes up and down during all the strolls and control all the crowds at every single stroll during the summer. So that means, hey, no vacation for Bob. (laughs) I got to say, just here and now, Bob, uh, the Third Avenue stroll is what just clinched me in Bay Ridge. So your sacrifice was was (laughs) it got Bay Ridge at least one pretty dedicated resident. Also. The people who are running the Third Avenue bid are basing a lot of what they want this bid to do on feedback from the rest of the community. So they've done outreach. They've asked what merchants want, what locals want. The anti side is very much more centered on don't put any burden on the property owners because the property owners, let's be real, are going to just pass that cost on to the merchants. And then the merchants are going to, I don't know, all fail because there's a 10% increase in the property taxes. That's about what the cost would be for Mm. property owners is about a 10% property tax increase. Not overall, if their total operational cost, 10% per building for the taxes that the city assesses, it's about what it would be. The thing is, is that property owners don't have to do that. Mm. They don't have to raise those rents. They could eat the cost. And a lot of the people that are anti-Third Avenue bid are major property owners. And they willfully say that they are major, rich, successful property owners. Yeah. And the final thing is what happens when there's no merchants association and no bid. That's the end goal of the anti-side. The key thing they want, regardless of their arguments for or against the bid, is that they want control over the Third Avenue merchants. They want to take it over and see if they can make Third Avenue better. And if they fail, then they fail and no harm, no foul. At least you're not stuck with a bid, which basically bids don't get disorganized. You don't eliminate a bid. It really does exist in perpetuity. So you have to make sure that you make it good because you're stuck with basically this organization. I don't think there's ever been an instance of a bid being disbanded in all of New York City history. Mm. At the same time, you also have to trust that these people that are anti-bid will be running a good Third Avenue merchants. So we are very protective of our platform here. It's one of the reasons we're not giving any of the audio for this meeting that you've had with. Yeah. And I was uh, very clear that this was all background information because it's not about Anthony. It's about the vision that that group has for the Merchants Association that should be clearly defined. What was your main takeaway from your interview with the anti-bid people in terms of their stewardship of Third Avenue? I found it to be not very hopeful. What they say they want the Third Avenue merchants to be is they want to maintain the lights and they want to maintain the strolls and they want to lower the costs for those things. They think that they can get better deals on all of those things and that they can drum up the money from merchants to pay for these things and keep them going. And that's about it. They are not interested in more planters and and improved sanitation services. The anti-side is very skeptical of any 
of these supplementary services. Placemaking. Placemaking one being one great example. Um, they're incredibly dismissive of social engineering as a concept in which you can change your environment and thus change how people shop. They believe that marketing is not a service that the merchants should provide. Anthony, who runs a computer place, said that he would give everyone a free website and just be done with it. And that's the only thing that the Merchant Association would do for the people on the avenue. So no marketing, no advocacy. Felt that advocacy was not worth the Merchants Association's time to deal with. Basically, you're just going to get what already is and nothing more. Mm. And the challenges that might be facing Third Avenue in the future will not be for the Merchants Association to resolve. That includes online retailers continually pummeling mom and pop stores. That does not include trying to market Third Avenue to compete with Industry City in Sunset Park, possibly taking many more people out of Bay Ridge to go shop there, dealing with transit, dealing with streetscape dealing with traffic, dealing with any number of issues, it will not be a transparent organization. It will be a very effectively run, supposedly, they assure me, organization, very lean and mean, but not hopeful. And that's the anti-side as it exists today. So without further ado, let's get to hearing what the other side says. Well, hi, Dan. is Bob Howe. I'm a resident here since 1950 before, born on 75th Street between 6th and 7th before the bridge came in. Ooh. Family owned a business here from 1957 to about 1987, a restaurant. And then I continued on as an attorney in Bay Ridge. I've been practicing almost 39 years on 86th Street off 3rd Avenue. And I've also volunteered some time as the president of the Merchants of 3rd Avenue. And I'm Sheila Brody. I was born not quite in Bay Ridge, but Sunset Park, which was, I think, at one point, Bar that Bay is Ridge. technically Bay Ridge. Exactly. <laughs> it was 58th Street. So I think we had just made the mark above uh, OLPH and moved to Bay Ridge up on 77th Street when I was two years old. So the late Ooh. 70s. And I am a business owner on Third Avenue. I own mm-hmm. the Green Spa and Wellness Center. I am still a resident. Moved out of Bay Ridge to Staten Island, moved right back to 77th Street <laughs> upstairs from mom, renovated the old house. And I'm also a building owner on 3rd Avenue and co-chair hmm. with Bob on the new project for the proposed 3rd Avenue bid. We also have another Dan in the studio. Dan Texera. I'm an uh, independent insurance broker with Lincoln Brokerage. Lincoln Brokerage has been in Bay Ridge since 1947. I've been in the insurance business since 1980, and my last 20 years now in Bay Ridge, where I live for the last 62 years. I represent the building owners of 8114 3rd, which is where Lincoln Brokerage is housed now. All right. Today, we're talking about the 3rd Avenue bid. The idea is that the 3rd Avenue merchants, which currently organizes for 3rd Avenue, is basically going to be transforming into a bid. How have you guys been involved with Third Avenue Merchants Association? Because some of you guys have been working on this kind of stuff. This Third Avenue bid is not new. This is a continuation of something. Well, it's a continuation of 25 years of volunteering as an association with a variety of people volunteering, jumping in, jumping out over the years. And within the last couple of years, the idea has come up that the volunteer structure isn't really viable any longer. Mm. People don't volunteer for a variety of reasons. Most people say too busy, have a family, have two jobs, etc. <laughs> so we don't think the volunteer structure is any longer viable. And I think the avenue needs more. And the ability to get more money is through a bid structure where every property owner or business owner on the avenue has to contribute. Right now, we don't have that. And mm. uh, a lot of people don't want to contribute. They don't see the value. Yet the people who see the value want more, but there isn't any money to go beyond what we're we're currently doing. I'll cut right to how many people are donating to the Third Avenue Merchants Association right now. There's a great number of businesses on the avenue and some of them quite successful. So say there are potential 400 businesses that could contribute or should contribute. Mm. Probably only about 100 contribute. Hmm. Uh, And the others don't contribute for a variety of reasons. 
We don't get much support from nail salons, convenience stores, dry cleaners, large buildings like Verizon, CVSs, things like that. <laughs> so there are 400 people living off 100. We just don't think that's a very either democratic or socialistic or whatever word you want. It's not fair. You yeah. know that. Uh, I'm uh, assuming the McDonald's Express isn't throwing uh, its fair share of its profits toward the streetlights and all of that. Uh, to get a hold of a McDonald's person, you have to write to somebody <laughs> in the Midwest who um, says, I'm going to give you to somebody else, who's going to give you to somebody else to give you to somebody else. So it's actually probably cheaper if I just paid for McDonald's myself rather than try to spend three or four hours trying to find a person. You guys have been volunteering for the Merchants Association for a significant period of time because you wanted to see something nice on the avenue. So how did that start? Well, I came from Fifth Avenue and I was involved in the implementation of the Fifth Avenue board. We had rented on Fifth Avenue. Lincoln Brookridge owns the building on Third mm -hmm. Avenue, so we moved. So I've been through the process. I saw the benefits years ago. The Fifth Avenue Board of Trade, which is similar to the Merchants of Third Avenue, mm -hmm. the new sidewalks, the street lights, it all emanated from that refurbishing of Fifth Avenue. That's how I got involved when I moved to Third. Bob said, Dan, would you like to be on the steering committee since you have some experience with the <laughs> Fifth Avenue bit? And that's how I got involved. So this and is not a new thing for people. This transition has already happened on Fifth. Oh, yeah. Fifth Avenue is, Doing is, good. is a good, good going concern. And some places are moving out, but a lot of people are moving in. Well, I'm actually 22 years on Third Avenue. And I opened 1998, a very small place. And I had two business partners that I, within two years, had bought out. I wanted to get more involved with my fellow merchants. And along comes Bob, says, you know, we'd love to have your hand and some help here. We're a bunch of volunteers and do-gooders and want to help as much as we can. So started getting involved. And Bob has done such a great job, a thankless job, really, for more than 25 years. And I was that person that would kind of come in and, ha you know, halfway, <laughs> half, half my toe in the water. And after a while, about 10 years later, we started exploring what part of this can be sustainable. Mm. Like at some point, Bob wants to retire and maybe move to Tahiti. I don't know. <laughs> have some pina coladas on the beach. So the only sustainable model that we really can find is a bid. We've explored other options, getting more volunteers. People comes and goes. and you know, gets tired and, and, and Bob has not gotten tired yet, but I think uh, we're, I don't we're know. nearing I think that. Bob's gotten tired, but... My, my eyes are closed over here. <laughs> Thankfully, we're yeah. on radio. Bob has done it consistently over the years. Yeah. And for us to find someone else who's going to just volunteer and do that, you know, with a wish and a hope and a prayer, we have not found that. Bob, why did you even start volunteering? Well, you know, I lived all my life in Bay Ridge and I was involved in my family's restaurant business. This, 60s, 70s, and 80s. I was a child washing dishes in my father's kitchen. And then I went to law school and I had this crazy idea of getting involved in politics. <laughs> and I ran three times for different things. I won once, lost twice. But I realized that I was meant to work for a living and not hope for people to vote for me to get a job. So I became an attorney on the avenue. And I was pretty much a couch potato there the late 80s because I really burnt myself out between uh, law school, starting my practice, and running for politics. And children came along, and I really just enjoyed sitting on my couch. I was probably the early definition of a couch potato. And then in the mid-90s, Third Avenue ran into an issue. They were not going to be able to put up the holiday lights because the then president was in the red. We got a group of people together, persuaded the light vendor, to extend us credit. We told him we'd pay him back over a couple of years, and we did. And ever since we've been using that and another light vendor, we've always been in the black. And see, the thing I didn't realize, people are talking about term limits. I was never smart enough in the 90s to ask, am I term limited or not? <laughs> Generally, if you do an okay job, I don't think I do a great job. I think I do an okay job. People just say, okay, that's being taken care of. I don't have to jump in. And 25 years later, I'm still a president. <laughs> You're still working on the, the holiday lights. Yes. Oh. <laughs> and this, this year, they had, they, what, they were like late by a, a week and a half or something, and everyone online started uh, flipping out. And that's another thing is, is that Third Avenue is not just the people who have a store on the avenue or have property on the avenue. If you've shopped on Third Avenue... You have an equal right to that avenue. That is your avenue. You make it what it is. 
people walking down to third, people walking down to fifth, 86th, all of our local businesses, they're made that way by the Bay Ridge residents. So what ended up happening over all these years that has made the Third Avenue bid something that really is a requirement now? Why can't the Merchants Association just keep going? I mean, it's getting money and I'm sure we could find another Bob House somewhere. Why would a bid make it better? Because it's a natural progression. If you look at Brooklyn, Fifth Avenue has a bid from 37th Street to 86th Street, 86th Street, as I said before, North Flatbush, Flatbush Avenue, Sunset Park. These are all bids that are successful bids and thriving neighborhoods. Bay Ridge stood alone. And what we feel that the bid can do is bring some of the people back to Bay Ridge. Yeah. And it's not just the restaurants. And the big misconception is it's just the restaurants. There's plenty of great shopping, great spas, nail salons. You know? Yeah. Like, um, you have to have a variety of reasons to go to an avenue. There's, there's more competition now. Second Avenue has clubs and restaurants opening up. If you drive down 3rd Avenue under the L, which Robert Moses built and ruined the neighborhood, they're opening up stores like crazy down there, successful stores. We're left out in left field without this bid to be able to market and bring people into the neighborhood. Yeah, we were talking about this with the 5th Avenue bid. How do you get diverse and different kinds of businesses, not just all one type? And you need to have some kind of an organization that can advocate for and collect data. I guess the question then is, why can't the Merchants Association do all of it? Why can't the Merchants Association get foot traffic studies and how come it can shovel in the winter the way that Fifth Avenue does? Because 30% of the people contribute to the merchants of Third Avenue. It's like the city. The city can only do so much with the resources that it has. Only Mm. countries can work on deficit spending, so there's no funds. So the money is basically tied up in events and lights. People who were on the Merchants Association previously, how many salaried people were helping out? Zero. It's all volunteer, essentially. I used to joke in my early days as president, my only job was to raise enough money from the festival to pay the light guy. (laughs) And there are only two light guys. And I can't be politically correct about that. There are only two light guys in the guys. And that was really my only job. But we need more on the avenue. Now, some people say that they could do my volunteer job and just get the lights up and I'm happy to give them the telephone numbers of the vendors, <laughs> you know, and let them figure Take it, it off out. Their hands. But they can't go to the next level that all of us are alluding to marketing, more street traffic, business attraction, yeah. business retention. You can't do that with the same volunteers. There's somebody who can do my job a little better probably, but just can't go beyond it because no one's yeah. going to contribute to that next step. Yeah. It's resources, right? Human resources, financial resources. When you have neither of those two and you're running on empty, it's quite impossible to have a surge of improvement in the avenue. We know that Third Avenue can be better than what it is. We love Third Avenue. We love Bay Ridge and we want to see it do better. Like Bob said, he wants to, when he does Mm -hmm. go to Tahiti or wherever he's going (laughs) to retire, He wants to do it where he's passing the baton to a sustainable model that he knows that it's going to be there and Mm. not be some people that are here today and kind of gone tomorrow. Maybe the lights and the festivals had been sustainable in a volunteerism model for a while, but so often the conversation seems to be only about people who are unfortunately homeless and how many stores are empty. I've also seen online criticism that The festival really benefits the restaurants and it doesn't benefit the convenience store owner or X or Y or whatever kind of business you have. So how do you ensure that all of those groups are represented in a Third Avenue bid? I think one of the struggles that we've had is Third Avenue is long. When you have a group of volunteers that are trying to put on these different events, we can't do it the full length of the avenue every time, whether it's city regulations or it's lack of volunteer, lack of support, lack of finances. So with a bid, it will ensure that the money is spent on all of the streets from the beginning of the bid all the way to the end of the bid. So we, Mm. and it's us, we and our, it is, you know, all of Third Avenue will be able to reap the benefits and the rewards that all of us are putting in together. You know, you mentioned the homeless. I mean, I think the homeless problem on Third Avenue is greatly overstated. Absolutely. There's one fellow in the 70s who's living on the street and has a family 
that owns buildings in Park Slope, and the family just won't let him in the house to yeah. to live there. And it all goes back to what the city's done with mental health issues and things along that yeah. line. But I can count on one hand without using all my fingers the number of homeless people that you see on 30 Avenue. Yeah, Bay Ridge has never had that huge of a homeless problem. And instead, what I feel a lot of people have done is freak out about it so much that we end up not having benches for seniors or essential services that make the avenues nicer for fear, fear that it will go downhill when it hasn't been. Sheila, speaking to your idea of how the avenue is so long, 3rd Avenue, I was trying to look this up earlier. Once you have a festival or a fair, they don't like you changing the boundaries of that, do they? Well, you know, we, we were lucky with the fair. The original fair stretched from 69th Street to Marine Avenue. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> everybody was in. And then the city cut back. I forget maybe under Koch or Giuliani, I forget who. Cut everybody back to maximum of 20. Hmm. Our elected official at that time, maybe it was Marty, was able to persuade the mayor to give us 24 blocks. <laughs> so 24 was better than 20. 20. And we've been stuck with that ever since. Uh, you know, what people yeah. don't realize is that the government has made the decision for me. I tell people if it was up to me, Third Avenue would run from Atlantic Avenue <laughs> up to sh- the Shore Road, which yeah. is uh, like 102nd Street or something like that. But it's not up to me. <laughs> and we are stuck with what the city defines as the lines. Yeah. The different types of stores between 69th Street and yeah. 80th Street, and then 80th Street to 86th Street. When you go down in the 70s, the stores are much smaller stores, mm-hmm. like the Blue Agave and the Burger, the Burger, I don't know. Oh, yeah, Burger Bistro, Burger Bistro. And Cream. They're all small, small stores. When you come out a little further, for some reason, architecture, how they built <laughs> the buildings, the buildings are much bigger. There are three sections that I see different type of operations, but that's what makes a neighborhood great, the diversity. Yeah. What will keep this bid from being bad? Because there are bad bids. There are bids that don't do much. Maybe Fifth Avenue will get a little upset at me, but the first executive director of the Fifth Avenue bid, not you, Amanda, but the first one had embezzled money out of the Fifth Avenue bid's funds, funds that were contributed by every single property owner on the avenue. What keeps something like that from happening for Third Avenue? How will this not just be the same people now getting to go out to Tahiti and collecting a paycheck from this huge bid that will do whatever they want it to do? Like, what's the governing structure that you guys envision you have, to, you have to hire the right person as executive director. It's transparency. You have to be audited at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way to hide. That's true. They found the person pretty quickly after the embezzlement because at the end of the year, you got to say where that money went. We would be audited every year by the city for all of our contracts. And as you point out, yeah. Fifth Avenue's issue popped up pretty quickly. So it's not like 20 years from now, you'd find <laughs> out. You would yeah. find out in a year. But I do just want to touch on where does Third Avenue's money go? Now, we don't collect a lot from the merchants. <laughs> we collect about 15000 from the merchants. We spend about 50000 total. No one cares that we raise this ourselves yeah. from banks, hospitals, car dealers, grants, and things like oh. that. They don't care about that. And they don't care that each year we have a CPA firm do all our filings with the mm. Charities Bureau and the IRS, and it's all on the New York State Department of so State it's Charities. it's a black hole. You know, when you only make 15000 from the merchants... <laughs> There's not much you can do with $15,000 when you're spending 50000 But people never ask where the rest of the money comes from. They ask where their $175 comes from. Yeah. Maybe that's part of the disconnect why some people are like, oh, why is this Third Avenue bid trying to get, quote unquote, so much out of all of these property owners is that the Merchants Association had not been operating in the black from its donations for a very long time. So I remember at the um, public meeting that people were like, thinking that the proposed budget was the final budget and, oh, how come there's so much money in administration? And that's just because it's the first year, right? There is startup costs, but part of the formation process requires us to make a budget. Yeah. And our budget came in and we studied this. Every person in the committee had a job to say, well, how much is beautification going to cost? How much are lights going to cost? How much are marketing events? And we all came back 
from our homework assignments and put in that money. We added it all together. Yeah. And we said to deliver all of these services, we would need a budget maximum, word maximum, of yeah. $560,000. Now, it's conceivable that once you get into, you could find less expensive vendors and ways to save yeah. money, ways to get grants. Fifth Avenue just got a grant of $300,000. Yes. So we may not have to assess all of that money. But the key is when you start a bid, you want to make the budget robust enough that you can perform all the services that you're guaranteeing. You don't want to say, oh my God, we overpromised and now we can't perform any of this. Yeah. So maybe we have a healthy budget number. We may or may not spend that depending on, uh, you know, yeah. The, the vendors we got. The, the number you're referring to is the $260,000 in administrative costs. Yeah. And automatically everybody thinks that we're going to hire somebody for $200,000. <laughs> and we're looking to hire somebody. I think we came up with the number in the 70s, yes. right? For an executive director and then possibly an assistant in the 40s. So you're talking about 110 and then some benefits on top of that. $260,000, we threw that number in there because administration is going to cover marketing and none of the board of directors are going to get paid. None of the people who are on the steering committee are going to get yeah. paid. These are the things that people have been bringing up. Are they going to get paid? That's where the money is, a patronage, <laughs> but it's clearly not the case. Yeah. Say, if you were an opponent of the bid and you wanted to get on, you wanted to change it, you didn't like what it was doing, what are the voting processes for changing bid leadership? Well, the, the property owners vote for the board of directors. Hmm. So they come to an annual meeting, make a slate, and they vote on the slate. And you can add people. You can have several people running. The board is made up of property owners, a couple of people that live on the avenue, and merchants. You have to have everybody. Give everybody a platform. Anybody can be a board member. I'm, yeah. I'm not necessarily going to be a board member. I don't know. If Sheila's going to be a board member, I don't know if Bob's going to be a board member. I can't from Tahiti. I can't. Uh, yeah, tell you, you, tell you've heard of summer. Like, you've had to do the, the, the Third Avenue summer stroll I'm for how like many summers Marshall in a row? I'm the summer stroll. Don't <laughs> sell alcohol in the middle of the street. Get that barbecue off the middle of the street. You know, uh, pull your tables back more. You know, I didn't ever expect I'd be the marshal also. But, uh, you know, what Dan is pointing out, a very important point, that people overlook, the bid will ultimately be run by them. Yeah. Not by us. So I say to them, vote for the bid. You get rid of me. You're the, you're in charge. That's that's a really great point. The people that maybe think the volunteers haven't done such a great job till now, or I'm below 69th Street. No one's ever paid attention to me. I'm above 95th. No one's ever paid attention to me. This is the platform where everyone must be paid attention to, and everybody has equal yeah. distribution of funds, and everybody's going to have equal opportunity to get involved whether it's part of the steering committee that we've been working on for over a year, part of the actual bid subcommittees, getting more people involved and not having an exclusive club that nobody's yeah. allowed in. It seems like you're trying to build a structure that is more transparent, that is more accountable, and that has more resources so that it can do more and solve some of the inequities that may have existed in the past, taking to task some of the people who never paid large banks. And to be honest, if you are just a person who lives in Bay Ridge and you don't live on third and you don't have a business on third, but you like third and you like the idea, it seems like a no brainer to want this. Well, that is the mad. That's why all of us have just <laughs> taken a deep breath of like, we don't know why there is such a headwind or a tempest. And I think just about every day I wake up saying, have I proposed the worst idea ever? And then I remember <laughs> that I have friends like these who are supporters, that there are 76 other bids. The city of New York wants it. Our councilmen and our legislators are supportive of this. Yeah. And then it kind of brings me back to reality. But when I first wake up, I say, this is probably the worst, best idea I ever had. And I don't know <laughs> how, how that could be. And I want to get a little bit into that best, worst idea. Like, what was the inflection point? More than 10 years ago, we, I think, had a small <laughs> oh. grant to get some sort of an assessment on how can we make the avenue better. We got some data. We said, wow, people in this neighborhood, the people that shop and dine on 3rd, they may not live on 3rd but they do want to see more diverse businesses opening. Mm -hmm. They do want family-friendly places or service-based industries that we weren't serving. Yeah. 
And we said, well, how can we do better? And we got together and had a couple of meetings, but we didn't push forward with it. And then I think over the last 10 years, lots of people come into Bob. You know, I keep pointing back at Bob (laughs) because he's done so much and yet wants to do so much. And, you know, his hands are tied. So now this is it. This is the opportunity. We have a grant to help us move forward. It's now or never is what it is to really give it a fair shot Mm -hmm. to see if the people of the neighborhood want to support it and the people on the avenue are willing to see the upside, see the benefits and see this as a business investment, not a tax or whatever else there is, because we will have the say on how to improve the avenue with all of the funds that we contribute, Mm -hmm. like a cooperative environment. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Everybody wants the best for Third Avenue. Yeah. But you can't have the best without spending money to get the best. Yeah. And the bid is clearly the only way that it's going to get done. So I guess the question is, how does a bid happen? Because we're talking to you guys as a steering committee. There's no bid yet. It's not happened. It still has a vote process. What is that process going forward? Well, initially, we have to show the city that there's broad community support. And that's why we have these ballots going around. One of the opposition leaders has circulated a ballot that's pre-marked no (laughs) and says to a person, do you want to pay more taxes? The answer is no. And they say, so sign here. Mm -hmm. And that's a pretty important message. Cheeses me off when it says taxes. Sadly, Funk and Wagnalls, I looked this up, I I said, no, it's got to say assessment. But Funk (laughs) and Wagnalls says an assessment is a tax. But then later on, it says the money goes to, you know, for yeah. certain purpose. I guess the reason that people get upset about the division of assessment versus tax is that we have experienced taxes as something that goes to a big government and then they decide what to do with it. And some of it might come back to you. So, like, if anyone understands, um, and I'm sure a lot of people listening understand Albany and New York City politics, New York City pays a lot of tax money to the state and we don't get that much of it in return. A bid, the money that you were assessed goes right back in the bid 100%. 100%. None of it's skimmed off the top for small business services. None of it's skimmed off the top for Economic Development Corporation or whatever. It just goes right back to the bid's funding. It's like you're donating to the organization as a nonprofit. It just, it's a required donation. I guess that's where they get sticky with the tax thing is that it's required. The process then is we have to show the city broad community support. We are doing that on a person-by-person basis. The mm-hmm. three of us and several others are meeting with individual property and business owners. And honestly, all we want is an informed decision by either the business owner or the property owner. We don't want a rant that it's a tax. I ain't going to pay nothing. I'm going to sell my building. You don't need no lights. You don't need no no parades. This is an intelligent conversation that we want to have with you. And what we've been finding is that when we have this intelligent conversation, that You know, you can see that the light goes off in the person's head and they go, hey, this is not so bad after all. And I think one of the things that, you know, if people are listening to this and they are in the neighborhood and they're not a merchant owner or business owner, building owner on the avenue, we have these little posters, they're green check marks that just says, I support the bid. You can ask the store that you're in, did you hear about it? Because we need all the help we can get to really spread the message. We have a website, makeabidonthird.com. People can come on there and dispel some rumors that people might have or just handing out the information and just one by one by one sharing that information, like Bob said, in intelligent conversations. We would encourage them also to go out and when they are out, advocate for the bid as a resident. I guess if I'm a property owner or business owner, I say, well, I'm not going to do what the resident wants. (laughs) But you got to step back and say, yes, they are the people who are coming in the door and that I have to please. And I think residents have as an equal say to say, look, I own a house one avenue away. My house is worth so much because of a great third avenue. I want you to invest in third, just like I'm investing in 4th, 5th, 6th, Ridge, Colonial, Narrows, etc. Every day, as residents, we invest in these avenues by spending our money. Yes. And it seems only natural that we should be getting a little bit back from organizations to make those spaces pleasing to residents where there is beautification and there is sanitation and that the store owners are taken care of and are connected with services so they're not stressed and they don't 
close randomly on us and they seem happy and their businesses are doing well. So the other thing that I would want to end on is the voting process. Like, I know that there's a ballot. How is that broken down? How can we ensure that that voting process is fair? It's in the law that we have to first get this ballot. We have to get broad community support. Mm -hmm. We have to prove it to the city council board of estimate of very serious agencies. And then ultimately, if they feel that we have done enough outreach, at the end, there will be, in a mm. sense, right now, it's more of a ballot, not necessarily a vote. Yeah. Towards the end, there will be a vote. Okay. And that's where we hope to have won over the day. But there are multiple steps. People think this is like the presidential election, November. <laughs> no. It's a process. It's a long process. You know, you have to have a mix of business owners and property owners who are in favor of yeah. in order to get to the next step. You went through that with Fifth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How long did that whole process end up going for? A little for? over two and a half years. Yeah. It took Mike Long, Basil Kapitanakis, and Jim Clark to go out and physically do what we're doing. Talk to property owners. Talk to business owners. Bob and I have been in politics for a long time. It's like a political campaign. <laughs> you know, you have to go out and yeah. meet people. We have block captains set up. For different areas, mm. just like the old days, they have block captains, and you've got the votes for these 10 people, <laughs> uh, Democrats on this block, or 10 Republicans yeah. on that block, and that's what we have to do. To no one has really made an objection from the other side. What's wrong with getting everybody to contribute? Are they happy with 100 people? They may do a little better job. They may get 125 people, but they're never going to get that critical mass to do yeah. anything beyond lights. Everybody thinks they can do the job better than the person that's doing the job. Mm. Until they lived in the shoes and did the job. It's a good idea in theory. It's and I think fantasy, you know, yeah. In yeah. fantasy. And, and I've watched for 22 years. Bob's watched for more than that. Dan's watched for many years, 5th Avenue, 3rd Avenue. Bob's never turned away a volunteer in yeah. all of those years. <laughs> They're just not there. We have no real website, no real social media presence. We have somewhat. But we yeah. can do so much better. There's endless opportunities we could do to connect all of the businesses. And right now on the avenue, that's been a complaint for years. Yeah. You know, how can we connect? How can we network? How can we market? And coming <clears throat> to meetings and events, that's great. It's random. And yeah. it happens, you know, every once in a while. And, and we are all, as business owners, very busy. So we're all at computers during the day. So... Let's say there's a business owner who has a special that they can put out there. In theory, we could reach 5,000 people that yeah. might want to know about that special burger of the day or a spa yeah. treatment that we have <laughs> or some sort of special on whatever it may be. We should be networking within our four or 500 merchant group where if someone needs insurance, they call up Dan. Someone needs spa treatments, yeah. they call up Sheila, <laughs> lawyer, me, hopefully. But we have all these networking events that they don't take advantage of, and huh. they will go out of the neighborhood to use other people when the person they need is probably three blocks away. And there are groups out there uh, that charge people to come into a networking group. Yeah. This is free networking. <laughs> I love that idea of just all the stores on the avenue banding together and using each other's services. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we should take advantage of our own avenue. There's very little you have to go off the avenue for. Yeah. But we do, unfortunately. <laughs> and there are communities jumping in the car to go to Sunset Park, Red Hook, Dumbo, Williamsburg. Everyone's driving out of here. If we don't support ourselves, why should the community support us also? Yeah. How would we reach out to you guys? Is there any way of... Well, we're hiding on the avenue. We hide, <laughs> we hide outside our businesses every day. And the ballot process is technically open to anyone. You can say if you are just a Bay Ridge resident and put in a vote, yay or nay. Yes, yeah, so you can do a paper ballot or online. There's a little button you can click. And uh, we welcome everybody's intelligent input. Thank you guys so much for coming out and just sitting down and talking about this process in the middle of this process. I mean, I know you guys are busy and you're going and trying to corral votes and get people convinced and spread actual information about this process so thank you so much thank, thank you. you thank you yeah, thanks for giving us an, an opportunity to get get an intelligent voice out there so i want to thank the people who came out from the third avenue bid steering committee to talk about what their vision is and why they're really getting involved 
in this whole messy, uncertain process, which let's be clear, it's not a done thing. This is not at all. entirely dependent on the support of merchants, property owners, residents on third, and importantly, though occasionally lost in the process, every resident in Bay Ridge. We all go to third. Yeah, that's one of the things that I took away was we went into this interview with the contrast of somebody who does not want to think about the customers or think about the people who actually go to third to shop Mm -hmm. like myself. And I came away from that thinking there is no iteration of an organization that cannot focus on that particular demographic. It's the lifeblood. And when you lose the customers and their faith and their hope, you lose the businesses. Dan, not to make this a little bit about education, but it's reminding me of our education episode a little bit. When we talked about who has the right to speak on issues of education, in which I laid out that some people, former educators, policy experts, do not have the opportunity to speak on these such of things. And it's interesting. We have a new school coming in on Third Avenue. Uh, thank you again, Justin Brandon. We'd love to talk to you on the podcast about all of your successful schools. Please come by the podcast. Talk to us about it. Uh, but also... It's on Third. It's on Third. And we actually have the anti-bid people talking about this a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we um, have a bunch of screenshots on one of the infamous Facebook pages that you should not go to because it's just crud. (laughs) But we go there for you, dear listener, to provide you the crazy news. I blocked them and muted them, so I don't go. But Dan goes. And yeah, the person who really runs the anti-bid stuff is also, surprise, surprise, anti-school on Third Avenue. And it would somehow hurt the businesses? I don't know. I went to school in this neighborhood, and every time when I left school, I would go to the deli right across the street from the school, mm-hmm. all the way through middle school. There's always a little zone of commercial affluence that exists around schools. You're telling me that a new Caravel isn't going to open up right next to that school. <laughs> I defy you, listeners. I defy that the mom and pop deli that already exists there isn't going to do gangbusters. Yes. And, oh, there's a fire department next to the school. How will ever the, <sighs> the killed children are going to get run down by the fire truck I'm telling every you day? Right, I'm telling you right now, as somebody who knows many teachers and used to teach himself, that's a free field trip every year. <laughs> that's exactly what that is. And I don't know how far away the fire engine company is on, um, what, 92nd Street yeah, from the yeah. school? Like, Come on, man. So, really? And we say anti-school a little tongue-in-cheek, but this is actually a position that we're actually going to be talking about on a future episode. Yeah. About a vocal group of people who are, if you can believe it, quite anti-school. But in the meantime, back to bids. Dan, we have our two opposing arguments, right? Those are surely the only ones we could possibly have for our (laughs) listeners to decide uh, between before they get off the subway. Clearly, if you believe that, you have not listened to any of our episodes before because our end argument is you've learned about the people that are currently occupying the narrative of this bid. You might have another opinion. Yep. You might be against the bid for DSA type reasons. You might be someone who doesn't want to center property owners at all and doesn't see a transparent bid as a logical stepping stone toward centering store owners and small business owners or centering renters who are really, in the end, should be the number one priority for this neighborhood in affordable housing and sees a bid and its inherent need to increase property values as no matter how well-intentioned, a barricade to those kind of issues. And if you do believe that, start a different narrative. Get involved in this process. You can vote on whether you want to bid or not. You can actually send letters to small business services and put into more detail what you are for and against and why. You can oppose the anti-Third Avenue bid people while being anti-bid. Yes. One thing that I do want to end on that was a startling similarity between both the anti and the pro side is when I spoke to both, and you heard this in the pro side, but I also heard this from the anti, they were amazed at the networking connections that their activism about the bid had uncovered. That being anti and being pro 
has led to more connections with the merchants, the property owners, and the residents of Third than they have ever had before. Hmm. And they were excited by those connections. Politically, all across the spectrum, they were talking to each other. And that is amazingly powerful. And I would say, don't get left out of that amazing conversation that's happening. If you can, create new narratives that are beyond the narrow binary scope that we currently are seeing in this. Right. When we said at the top of the episode that creating a good bid before it's instated is extremely important, this is what we're talking about. When you, If you go to the, the Pro Third Avenue bid website and you look at it and you say, I really dislike this thing here because I think it's going to be bad for X, Y, Z, that's now is the time to get on that. If you are a property owner, and I don't know why you're subscribing to this podcast, if you are, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you are a merchant, thank you so much. And if you're a resident, hi, this is pretty much most of you guys. Especially if you're a tenant on third, you absolutely can influence this process. The assessment won't affect rental rates for residences, but your stoop is third avenue. You have a say in how that's run. And if this bid comes to pass, you will be able to get involved in the election process for the boards of directors. Don't let this be something where only five people care and it's just the same people reelected over and over and over again because of apathy. If there's going to be a transparent bid, let's really pay attention to it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as per usual, Radio Free Bay Ridge sending you off to on your day with the, <laughs> with the <laughs> moniker of do more. Hopefully we lowered that bar for you a little bit today. <laughs> As always, you can check out our show notes at RadioFreeBayRidge.org. Be sure to subscribe. Hell, leave a review for all I care. It's not <laughs> like it'll do anything to our algorithm because we're only for Bay Ridge. Podcasts aren't intended for this. Not at all. I don't think there's a single podcast that's like, you know, if we reached about the 80,000 people who live in the neighborhood that the podcast is named after... I think we could stop. I think that'd be a good time to go ahead and call it. If yeah. we hit the 80,000 who live here, I'd be a pretty happy camper. Share it with your friends. We're on Twitter at Radio Free BR. We're on Facebook at Radio Free Bay Ridge. So as always, listeners, keep on listening and let us know what you want to hear. We are always here for you. And until next time, stay free, Bay Ridge. Bay Ridge.